the Bucks drop a surprise game to the Houston Rockets only a couple of days after a thrilling win in Dallas. It was a wild weekend in Texas, and we're going to break it all down on the post-game show here tonight. The Bucks uh, lose a valuable, valuable chance to sneak up on the Boston Celtics in the standings. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN as I said the Bucks go down to the Houston Rockets 97 to 92 we're going to break down that game what happened to the offense late what happened to Chris Middleton with his ankle and the injury in this game and ultimately how do we wrap up the weekend for this Milwaukee Bucks team today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked On NBA. And of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. If you've jumped in the live YouTube stream, it's pretty late. It's nearly 11.30 Central Time if you're living in Milwaukee. But wherever you are in the world, we appreciate it. Jump in the comments and let me know what you thought about this game, which ultimately I think you're going to hope is one of the more disappointing losses of the season based on your ability to scrap out a win in Dallas two nights earlier. You want to close this road trip. Boston lose last night, so you have a chance to get within half a game of the Celtics, and you just let it slip. And we talk a lot about playing with your food with this Bucks team because the reality is to, to bring the top-level effort night in, night out across 82 games, it's difficult. And you are going to have nights like this, but oftentimes we've seen the Bucks not play well and they were able to pull out a win tonight wasn't the case. And I think Bobby Porter said some interesting comments late in the game, and we'll get to those. But I do want to start with Mike Budenholzer after this game and what he said. He was questioned about the, the effort of this team. Because when I say playing with your food, you can say, okay, so the Bucs sleepwalked, uh, sleepwalked through this game. They thought they were just going to win. I certainly think there was an element to that, particularly coming off a national TV game where you're playing Luka Doncic. But the Bucs scored 13 points in the fourth quarter, which I have to assume is one of their worst marks of the season. But this is Bud on the effort. He said, we didn't play well, but if you hold the team to 97 points in today's NBA, you're playing defense. They were working. They were working offensively. So no, some nights you didn't play well. Some nights you don't execute. The other team deserves credit. Our our effort was very good. Our defense, again, 97 points is enough. You should be able to win a game at that number. So I think on that, yeah, this team defended. I thought Brooke Lopez had another great game. I thought Drew Holiday had some of those classic steals defensively. But I just thought on the offensive end, they seemed to go through the motions, the turnovers. Some of them were head scratches. They tried a lot of lobs. And it was almost as if this Bucks team was saying, hey, Houston, we see that you're throwing all these lobs. You've got one of the more athletic teams in the league. We might be a little bit older, 
but we can throw lobs as well. But none of them ever looked like the play was on and none of them looked like they were going to work and they ultimately didn't. And overall in the fourth quarter, the Bucks let the Rockets hang around in this game until it was too late and they lost this game. So as I mentioned, we've got some people in the stream here. Steven says, Kane, you don't do a post-game podcast for the Dallas win, but you do for this Houston loss. I don't want to think about this loss anymore. Steven, you're in the stream, brother. Get out. If you don't want to think about this loss, you don't have to be here in the stream. And by the way, that Dallas loss, uh, that Dallas win the other night was about 5.30 p.m. on Saturday night. I had to go to uh, my other job and cover a game in Australia. So on the weekends, sometimes I've got other commitments, my man. It's difficult to do this podcast as much as we do. MG says, I don't like the zero pass possessions as well. We move the ball uh, when we are really rolling. And we've seen this offense at times. You know, you think back to the Lakers game where the Bucs did lose that game, but the offense was was ticking uh, on all cylinders. The ball was shifting around, as you pointed to. Bodies were moving around. And tonight, it just didn't seem to be the case. The Bucs actually, from the three-point line, 12 for 43, so they only shot 27%. But Houston was 6 for 27, so they're down at 22%. So even though both teams shot the ball really poorly, you still end up plus 6 in terms of makes behind the three-point line. And a lot of the numbers in this game suggest that the Bucs probably should have won. The turnovers, the Bucs are plus 4. That's a blow. But the fast break points are even. The Bucs went to the free throw line more and were finished plus three on makes. But the number that is bizarre for a young team is points in the paint. So the Bucs were outscored 56 to 36 in the paint. We know the Bucs for most of the year have been the best paint defense in the league. Uh, but tonight, Houston, particularly in those pick and roll scenarios, I mentioned this as an athletic team. They were able to work their way into the paint. And I thought Brooke Lopez was still yeah, pretty good defensively in this game. He had a couple of big uh, blocks. But the one thing that the Houston Rockets weren't afraid of doing was attacking Brooke Lopez. And we talk about the intimidation factor with Brooke Lopez defending in the paint. I don't think it was necessarily there. And some of it was just the youth of the Houston Rockets. They just didn't care. They didn't care who was in the paint. They were going to keep attacking. And that 56 points out of 97 is probably the number defensively I think that the Bucs would look at. And that was the big difference in the game. There's not going to be too many occasions this season where the Bucs are minus 20 when it comes to points in the paint. Robbie is, uh, I would say he's less impressed with the effort. Bucks pretty much have been zero effort, zero hustle, and zero heart ever since the Philly game. Giannis has been playing super timid and weak since the Embiid elbow. I absolutely don't agree with that. I thought that the way this game started with Giannis, a couple of big-time dunks, he was able to to get downhill. But overall, this was a game where, and we see this with young teams, where they'll just put four bodies in the paint, and it is challenging for Giannis. Now, how do you need, how do you need to to loosen that defense up a little bit? You need to knock down threes. And tonight was the type of night where the Rockets were happy for the Bucks to keep shooting from the outside. Lopez was only one for four. Grayson Allen was two for nine. You need a little bit more from Grayson and you need him to finish that dunk in the fourth quarter. If you weren't watching this game, Grayson Allen with a chance to, it was either to tie the game or put the Bucs up two. 
but he, he took off a little bit earlier. And I actually thought he had a player in the corner. It might have been Drew Holiday. And I thought he was caught in two minds of whether he wanted to dunk or he wanted to pass the ball. He tried to dunk, unfortunately mistimed it. And that was a bad moment, uh, unfortunately, for Grayson, who overall, again, I, I, I thought was decent. He's going to be judged by whether or not he knocks down those shots. And that's his job in this offense. Uh, but just some some really bizarre moments down the stretch. And Bobby Portis, after the game, had some pretty interesting comments. And we have to get uh, to the injury for Grayson Allen as well. So we're going to continue to do that. And uh, you guys never surprise me, by the way, with how many people jump in the stream, no matter what time of night it is. So we're going to continue to talk about this game. And you you all can vent your frustrations in the stream. We absolutely love it. The Bucks played the Houston Rockets tonight, though. And... Uh, that reminds me of our sponsors of the podcast, Rocket Money, who we're going to talk about tonight. Now, I've spoken about this before. It's difficult to cancel subscriptions. There's no doubt about that. You just can't do it. You check your bank account and you don't understand the type of money that you're spending with subscriptions or memberships that you have. So why are you wasting money on subscriptions? Because 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about maybe uh, for you. It's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's this great app that I use that helps me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I'm no longer wasting money on subscriptions I don't even use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money. Now, of course, it used to be called True True Bill. You would have heard me talk about this. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Uh, thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. So we have someone in the stream asking if there's any update on Middleton's injury. So Chris Middleton played only six minutes in this game, 0 for 2 from the field, scoreless. Uh, he was a plus three, though. That's a really solid six-minute outing for Chris Middleton in this game. But, that, you know, jokes aside, this is this is very you know frustrating. I think this is his fourth game uh, now that Chris has been back in the lineup. He tweaked his ankle in the first quarter. So for those that were watching the Bally Sports the Bally Sports broadcast, the local Milwaukee broadcast like I was. Uh, they showed in the second quarter where Chris came back into the game, shot a corner three, put his hand up to the bench and said, I'm no good, get me out of this game. But he did slightly tweak the ankle in the first quarter, so it was almost like he came back out on the floor uh, to test it out. Bud said after the game, and I've got the, the quote here if I can track it down, uh, because remember, the Bucs have got the Golden State Warriors in two nights' time now. And that's the thing that I love about this Rockets game. You lose to a young Rockets team. Maybe there was some complacency. Maybe there was some playing with your food, the saying that we love to say on this show. But that's going to be gone when the Warriors come into your building, into Fiserv Forum on Tuesday night. I already can't wait for that game. And Bud says he should be fine. It's a couple of very minor things. Hopefully, he'll be fine. So, again... We know the Bucs have been super cautious. Hopefully it is just an ankle tweak and that's it. But Bud suggesting that there was a couple of minor things uh, is, you know, at least uh, a little bit of a concern because he did feel like he wanted to give it a go tonight. But again, 
you would have loved to win this game tonight if you're the Bucks, but I'm not going to uh, be too upset about uh, this loss tonight or being conservative with Chris Middleton. We've had a couple of comments about the rotation, so this is the interesting part of this. So Sam McKinnon says Marjon needs minutes. It's really criminal what Bud is doing with these rotations right now. How does Warren Hill get on the court but not Marjon? Marjon is better than both of them by far. The reality is Marjon Bochamp isn't as reliable as George Hill. They also don't play the same position, so I don't think that that comparison is really all that apt. And honestly, tonight, uh, Jordan Wara played five minutes. So we've seen that Bud really over the last couple of, probably the last week or so since um, a lot of the bodies came back, that there's been kind of a nine-guard rotation, which was pretty much the case tonight. You had Bobby Portis played 28 minutes. Javon Carter got his 28. Pat Connaughton got his 25. And then George Hill only played 14. People continue to talk about George Hill like he's a 25-minute-per-night player. And he was big in the game against Dallas. Came up with a couple of big threes from the corner when the Bucs desperately needed it and were just hanging on in that game. You can question the pass uh, to Brook Lopez, but he made the lob. The play was made. And that was a big play from George Hill. So he had a good game against Dallas. I just continually cannot understand why people are so mad about George Hill. Now, when it comes to Marjan Bochamp, people don't want to accept this, but this is the reality. He was out sick for two weeks. Marcus Johnson on the broadcast a couple of nights ago said that he was talking to Marjan Bochamp and he lost a bit of weight. Whether it is five pounds, six pounds, whatever it may be, he lost weight. So... That's going to take some time. They're going to get him back into conditioning. And the reality is when the Bucs have a full rotation, I just don't know how you can look at this team and sit back and be furious at Bud for not playing the rookie. I think this was the expectation. Now, the one thing that I would say tonight, and I feel this a little bit, if you're watching a game and we all get this sense where you just say, look, I don't know whether the vets have got it tonight for the Bucs. Is it a road trip thing? Again, was it a little bit of complacency? I'm not sure, but the Bucs don't look like they're fully invested in this game. Now, of course, they're trying to win. Of course, they're out there. But sometimes you just go through the motions. Now, I can sit here on my couch. I can't understand what it's like to play 82 games of basketball. I would be going through the motions every single night. But sometimes this happens. And I think sometimes an injection of youth would be nice. So there was definitely a stretch through this game tonight where I was thinking, if Marjan Bochamp is good to go, Let's put him out there. Let's get Bochamp out there and see if he can inject some energy, whether it's in transition. And as Baron points out in the comments, Marjan could have helped us match their athleticism. So a bit of extra bounce, a bit of extra athleticism, and without question, some enthusiasm. So that's probably a point that I would like to make when it comes with Bochamp. But um, yeah, maybe I'm just looking at it differently to... Most people, but I always looked at this team and it doesn't mean anything for Marjan Bochamp's future. I'm sure he'll play some minutes this season the longer it goes on. But I don't know how you could have come to the conclusion that if if the Bucs are, are at full strength, that Marjan Bochamp would be an every night player. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not 100% sold on that. Jordan Young jumps in the comments and he says, I understand everything Drew Holiday brings to the table on offense and defense, but man, he just uh, has to have a couple of terrible unforced turnovers. The turnovers have been a bit of a problem uh, for the Bucs throughout the season, there's no doubt. And 15 
tonight, as I mentioned, plus four when it came uh, to the Houston Rockets and five of those uh, came from Drew Holiday. And, and look, we say it from time to time. The Bucks don't exactly have a guy that is a... What's the right word? Protects the ball with his life. They can be a little bit loose. And sometimes with some of those passes to Giannis, I honestly think that there's a little bit of complacency with just how good Giannis is. I've been saying this for years. Throwing lobs to Giannis should be one of the easiest jobs in the world because he'll just go up and get it. And I've got that poster behind me as I point the wrong way. I don't even know how to do it. But I've got that poster behind me, the greatest lob in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks franchise. And Drew Holiday threw that to him. But even that was a bold pass. If that didn't come off, thank goodness it did. But if it didn't, uh, it would probably be something we'd still be talking about as well. I, I thought Grayson Allen... Again, people seem to be pretty upset about his decision-making or some of his passes as well. He had three turnovers in this game. He just picked up the one assist. I continue to be impressed with his willingness to want to put the ball on the floor and attack the rim. I think he's got to do that. I think that's what the regular season is for. Again, I think that for Grayson Allen to be a guy that you want to play in the postseason, he needs to have a little bit more versatility and he needs to be able to do different things on offense. And is it not, is it going to work perfectly? No. Sometimes he might turn the ball over. But as we've discussed in this podcast, turnovers are, are a thing that happened a lot with this Bucks team. But I think over the last few weeks, we've seen some progression with Grayson Allen being able to score at the rim. And the reality is he's a maligned player. So people aren't going to have the patience with him and they will continue to get frustrated with every little mistake that Grayson Allen makes. But I think he's been fine. And I think he's having a good season so far. And people always want to say, well, he's a streaky shooter. Pretty much everyone is in the NBA. They're going to have nights where they go two for nine. He got some great looks in this game tonight, Grayson Allen. Again, unfortunately, he blew that dunk. This is a tough one. This is a tough one for Grayson. But overall, again, I want to see him continue to try uh, different things out on the floor. Should we go back to Saturday night? Should we talk about some of the goings on? in Dallas a little bit. I think we should because a man who left Milwaukee as head coach or was relieved of his duties, shall we say, is now the coach in Dallas. And there is starting to be a little bit of building frustration around this man on a personal level. I hope this uh, man, Jason Kidd, isn't looking for a job soon. But if you're someone who's looking to hire people, LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's pretty simple. They have a bunch of different tools that will help you with your jobs, uh, filter through candidates quickly with uh, questionnaires that people can fill out. So there's a lot of different tools and screening options that you have with LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of support for the segue I just pulled off uh, into the LinkedIn ad read. Doesn't matter whether it's a pre-recorded podcast or live podcast. I've always got it. 
I've always got it. Uh, Michael says, what's with all the ridiculous and fantastic dunks on the Bucks lately? And that's a perfect segue to this game against Dallas that the Bucks somehow won 106 to 105. And if you're looking for some silver lining from this weekend, it's the fact that the Bucks are able to scrape out one of the more unlikely wins they're going to have this season against Dallas because this is not a game that they should have won. Giannis fouled out with about two and a half minutes to go. The Mavericks missed. Uh, Robbie says it was six. I remember there was at least five straight free throws. It might have been six, but just absolutely unbelievable. I saw a lot of people that were saying that Jason Kidd making the the joke that I love, that uh, Jason Kidd was instructing them uh, to miss the free throws, which is a bit of a deep cut uh, for those that have been a Bucks fan uh, for quite a while. But an, an unthinkable win. And what a play to get Brook Lopez with the lob and able to finish it off. Just an exciting game and an unlikely win. And although Giannis fouled out in this game, he still finished uh, with the 28 points, 10 rebounds, three assists and a steal. That was the end of his 30-point streak. But I think he was in double digits for scoring, I believe, in the in the fourth quarter there. And he was just absolutely immense. And there's no way that the Bucks, first of all, with Giannis' scoring, and then with, again, those threes that George Hill hit in this game, Two for three from three. His six points were vital in the fourth quarter. One of the more memorable wins, if not one of the least likely wins, and uh, it all matters in the standings, as I pointed out at the start, 19 and seven. Uh, the Bucks now after tonight, and the Celtics 21 and six. So the Bucks a game and a half behind the Boston Celtics there. But yeah, they'll take every win they get. And now the Golden State Warriors... Uh, come into town and as Jordan points out it is a very tough schedule ahead and Michael asks are there any thoughts on Steph versus Giannis well I've been saying for quite a while this is the NBA finals matchup that everyone wants to see unfortunately we haven't seen it to this point last year was obviously the opportunity Chris Middleton goes down and the Bucs aren't able to advance past the Boston Celtics but I still think that Boston and Milwaukee are the two best teams in the NBA as it currently stands I have absolutely no idea what is going on in the Western Conference. The Pelicans are the number one seed, which is awesome and fun and really cool. But I don't know for a team really uh, rising for the first time, are the Pelicans a genuine championship contender? It would be hard to say. The Phoenix Suns seem unreliable. The Warriors have been scratchy so far this year. Denver's kind of hanging around there. But I don't see a clear and honest candidate in the Western Conference. So we'll see how things shake out. I think big picture, JM asks whether we're worried about Middleton's body breaking down. I see a little bit of that. Um, This is a natural reaction that people will have because he's had a couple of injuries. He was carried a wrist injury through last season. He slipped on a wet spot, which is a pure unfortunate incident. And then tonight, as he's starting to work uh, his way back into action. He, you know, obviously maybe tweaked an ankle or something like that. I don't see anything with these injuries that suggests that uh, he is absolutely breaking down as a player. I understand why people want to make it a talking point. And the Chris Middleton haters, of course, will feed you this narrative that he's about to decline or he's about to be in trouble. We're only a quarter of the way or just past a quarter of the way into the season. I don't think there's any concern with Chris Middleton uh, to this point in time but speaking of injuries 
Marty Moose says he's not too concerned about Chris. It's not like he tore an ACL or something. Speaking of torn ACLs, Joe Ingles is getting very close to a return for this Bucks team, which, by the way, speaking of Marjan Bochamp, that won't bode well for his opportunity to play in the rotation if Joe is healthy with Middleton and Pat and all these guys here. Notwithstanding that Wes Matthews has been ill and he hasn't been playing either. So just a really, really deep Bucks team. An absolute stinker tonight against the Houston Rockets. But as Mike Budenholzer pointed out, defensively, this was still a game that the Bucs should have won. It's going to be very rare that the Bucs hold a team to 97 points and don't get the win. They mentioned it on the broadcast, but I believe the Bucs now 1-3 and three when they don't score 100 points this season. So, look, we know they've had their offensive struggles throughout the season from time to time. But sometimes you need a little wake-up call, a little reminder that there is still work to be done, and nothing typically gets this Bucs team up like a game against a fellow contender or a big team on the home floor against the Golden State Warriors. I think everyone is going to be tuning into this one. And it's hard to believe, but there's only two weeks until Christmas and the Boston Celtics on Christmas Day is going to be arguably the game of the season so far with the two teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. So uh, we're going to talk about the Bucks and Warriors on tomorrow's podcast, more Giannis and Steph content. What's going on with Clay Thompson? Are we going to get a good Clay game or... Unfortunately, as we've seen a bit more this season, some rough shooting from uh, Clay. So plenty of people in the stream that are pretty frustrated by tonight, but hopefully we've had a bit of fun on this podcast here. Just one game, one you would have liked to get, a, a real missed opportunity to go to 20-6 and six and win a, within a half game of the Boston Celtics. But overall, big picture, not too much to worry about. I wouldn't have thought the Bucks played with their food. It's one thing we like to see them not do. Should have closed out the Rockets earlier. They didn't do it. They gave a young team an opportunity. And that is a very, very dangerous, dangerous, dangerous game to play in the NBA. And they got found out tonight. Uh, Ian asked when Joe gets back, can we get you to return to Milwaukee? I'm coming back. Don't worry about that. I'm coming back to Milwaukee probably after the Australian basketball season is done in February. So I'll be back. We'll have live pods. We'll do lots of... Lots of fun stuff when I get back in the city. Hopefully starting to warm up a little bit by then, but I don't like my chances based on what I know about Milwaukee winter. But all right, let's wrap it up. More on the Bucks and Warriors tomorrow. Thanks for joining us so late if you're in the US, but wherever you are in the world, enjoy the rest of your day. Get some rest, get some sleep, and make sure you join us tomorrow for a podcast. <laughs>